Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Yeah, we're going to talk about sort of maintenance of botanical method aquariums again today. Probably take a little bit of a different approach than we normally do, but we've talked about maintenance of these aquariums a lot over the years, but we still get a lot of questions about them. Uh, There seems to be a perception that these are somehow require special maintenance techniques or they're more difficult to maintain than other aquariums. The reality is they don't require any special techniques. They just require um, maybe perhaps an understanding of what we're doing. I mean, it makes sense that people ask questions about these tanks and maybe even assume that they're difficult because the very nature of these aquariums is that they're stocked full of seeds and pods and leaves and all this stuff which contribute to the bio load of the aquarium and all of which are in the process of breaking down and decomposing to some degree at any given moment and based on what we know about aquarium husbandry decomposing stuff in your aquarium is a challenge to water quality i get it and it's not so much uh, if you have to pay attention to maintenance with these types of tanks you do it's more of a function of how you maintain them and how often well here's the big reveal on this keep your botanical method aquarium environmentally stable whoa i know that's crazy right environmental stability is one of the most important if not the most important thing that we can provide for our fishes to me it's more about doing something consistently than it is about some unusual practice done once in a while like you know water exchanges oh here he goes again obviously water exchanges are an important part of aquarium husbandry of any type of aquarium that you keep and i personally favor a 10 percent weekly water exchange It's the regimen I've stuck with for decades, and it's, you know, never done me wrong. I think that with a botanical-influenced aquarium, you've got a lot of, you know, biological material in there in addition to the fishes, you know, like decomposing leaves and stuff, and that even in a well-managed, biologically-balanced aquarium, you still want to minimize the effects of excessive amounts of organics accumulating. Now, this may seem like a lot to some people, 10% every week, but it's what I've used for decades. And... You know, quite honestly, it's not that hard. It's no big deal. Water exchanges are what we do as hobbyists, right? Now, again, this piece is not about water exchanges. And quite frankly, you can utilize whatever schedule or percentage works for you. The 10% thing worked for me. You may have some other schedule or percentage. My advice, just do what works and adjust as needed. Enough said. Of course, the other question I receive all the time about the long-term maintenance of botanical method aquariums is, Scott, do you leave the leaves and let them decompose completely in your tank or do you remove them i have always allowed leaves and botanicals to remain in my aquarium until they completely decompose this is generally not a water quality affecting issue in my experience and the decision to remove them is more of a matter of aesthetic preferences than function there are likely times when you'll enjoy seeing the leaves decompose down to nothing, and there's other times when you might like a fresher look and replace them with new ones relatively soon. It's your call. But I think I'm going to make a compelling argument that will, you know, uh, make you think twice before you remove them. I believe that the benefits of allowing leaves and botanicals to remain in your aquariums until they're fully decomposed outweighs you know the benefits outweigh any aesthetic reservations that you might have about the process i really do a truly natural functioning and looking botanical method aquarium has leaves decomposing all the time there are in my opinion just no downside to keeping your botanical materials in play indefinitely i have never and i repeat this i've never had any measurable or notable negative side effect that I could attribute to leaving botanicals to completely break down in an otherwise healthy, well-managed aquarium. 
And from a water chemistry perspective, many, many hobbyists, present company included, see no detectable in nitrate or phosphate or any other measure of organic cleanliness as a result of this practice of leaving the materials in play. Of course, this has prompted me over the years to postulate that they perhaps form a sort of a natural biological filter media and actually foster perhaps even denitrification. I don't have the scientific evidence to back this up, of course, like most of my theories, other than my results, lots of good tanks over the years that operated beautifully for long periods of time. But I think there's a grain of truth here. Remember, a truly natural aquarium is not sterile. It encourages the accumulation of organic materials and other nutrients. Not in excess, of course, but nonetheless, you need some. The, the love of pristine, sterile-looking tanks is one of the biggest obstacles we need to overcome to really advance in the aquarium hobby, in my opinion. If you stare at a healthy, natural aquatic habitat for a bit of time, you're going to have a hard time telling me that it's always you know pristine-looking. Lose the clean as the ultimate aesthetic mindset, please. Aesthetics First has created this bizarre dichotomy in the hobby. Like people on social media will, you know, ooh and ah when someone posts pictures of these beautiful wild aquatic habitats, many of which, you know, look absolutely nothing like what we do in aquariums. You know, and when these are shared, people freak out and are just amazed. They'll comment on how wonderful nature is and admire the leaf litter and even the tinted water and all that stuff. Yet when it comes time to create an aquarium, they're almost always opt out of attempting to create this type of tank in their home and instead create a surgically sterile aquatic piece of art in the, instead. It happens all the time. Like, what the fuck? Why is this? Well, I think it's because we've been convinced by, well, almost everybody in the hobby over the decades that it's not advisable or practical or even possible to create a truly functional natural aquatic system. It's easier to look for the sexiest name rock and the designer wood and mimic some award-winning aquascape instead, right? Ouch, I know that's not mean. Uh, it is kind of mean, I guess, but, you know, it's a dose of reality. I think that many hobbyists have lost sight of the fact that there are enormous populations of organisms which reside in their aquariums and which possess, or, or excuse me, process, utilize, and assimilate the waste materials that everybody's so damn concerned about. We eschew all these natural methods in place of technology because... It's in our minds that natural methods equal aesthetically challenged. So we go for expensive filters. We become convinced that technology and additives and all that stuff is our salvation. The reality is that a convergence of simple technology and the embracing of fundamental ecology is what make successful aquariums, well, successful. In many cases, notice the caveat many, you don't need a huge capacity, ultra powerful, high price filter to keep your tank healthy. You do need water exchanges and ultra meticulous attention to you know detail and maintenance to sustain your aquarium aquarium for indefinite periods of time what you need is a combination of a decent filter system a regular schedule of small water exchanges and a healthy and unmolested microbiome of beneficial organisms within your aquarium like let nature do her thing biofilms fungal growth that kind of stuff they all have their place in the aquarium not as an excuse for lousy or lazy husbandry, but as supplemental food sources, which just happen to power the ecology of our tanks. Let's just focus on our BFFs, the fungi, uh, for a few more minutes here. We've given them a lot of love here for the years, long before, you know, hashtags like, you know, fungal Friday or whatever became a big thing on the gram. I, I think that it's something that we have pushed and will continue to push for years to come because it's fundamental to what we do. 
And of course, as we've discussed many times here, fungi are actually an important food item for other life forms in aquatic environments that we love so much. In one study I stumbled across, gut content analysis of over 100, of over 100 different aquatic uh, species collected from submerged wood and leaves showed that fungi comprised part of the diet of more than 60% of them. And that's a huge and profound thing, isn't it? One consideration, bacteria and fungi, which are present in every aquarium, that, and they decompose decaying plant material, they in turn consume dissolved oxygen for respiration during the process. This is something to think about. This is one reason why I've warned you for years that adding a huge amount of botanical materials at one time to an established stable aquarium is a recipe for disaster. There's simply not enough fungal growth or bacteria to handle it. They reproduce extremely rapidly, consuming significant amounts of oxygen in the process. It's bad news for the impatient. So just be patient. Learn. Embrace this stuff. Support, codependency, symbiosis, whatever you want to call it. The presence of fungi in aquatic ecosystems is extremely important to other organisms. You can call it free biological filtration for your aquarium. That's what I consider it. In the Botanical Method Aquarium, ecology is nine-tenths of the game. Think about this simple fact. The botanical materials present in our systems provide enormous surface area and mater organic material upon which beneficial bacterial biofilms and fungal growths can colonize. These life forms utilize the organic compounds present in the substances and in the water as a nutritional source. This is great news for the patient, the studious, and the accepting. Think about this. These life forms arrive on the scene in nature and in our tanks to colonize appropriate materials to process organics in situ on the things they're residing upon, you know, leaves, twigs, branches, seed pods, etc. So removing it is at best counterproductive. Yeah, if you intervene by removing stuff, bad things can happen. Like worse things than just a bunch of gooey looking fungal and biofilm threads on your wood. Your aquarium suddenly loses its you know, capability of processing the leaves and associated organics and, well, who's there to take over? Okay, I'm repeating myself here, but there's so much unfounded fear and loathing over aquatic fungi that someone has to defend their merits, right? Might as well be me. My advice, my plea to you regarding fungal growth in your aquarium, just leave it alone. It'll eventually peak and ultimately diminish over time as materials and nutrients which it utilizes for growth become used up. It's not an endless outbreak of unsightly fungal growth all over your aquarium and leaves. It goes away significantly over time, but it's always going to be there in the Botanical Method Aquarium. Over time, by the way, is Fellman speak for, you know, please be more fucking patient. Seriously, though, hobbyists tend to overly freak out about this kind of stuff. Of course, as new materials are added, they'll be colonized by fungi as nature deems appropriate to work them. It keeps going on and on and on. It's one of those realities of the botanical method aquarium that we humans need to wrap our heads around. We need to understand, lose our fears, and think about the many positives these organisms provide for our tanks. These small, seemingly annoying life forms are actually the most beautiful, elegant, beneficial friends that we can have in the aquarium. When they arrive on scene in our tanks, we should celebrate their appearance. Now, why is this? Because their appearance is yet another example of the wonders of nature playing out in our aquariums without us having to do anything of consequence to facilitate their presence other than setting up the tank and embracing the botanical method in the first place. We get to watch the processes of colonization and decomposition occur in the comfort of our own home. The same stuff you'll see in any wild aquatic habitat worldwide. It's amazing. And the end result of the work 
of fungal growths, bacteria, and grazing organisms? Detritus. Okay, here we go again. Detritus, it's defined as dead particulate organic matter, including bodies and fragments of dead organisms, as well as fecal material. It's typically colonized by communities of microorganisms, which act to decompose or remineralize the material. Well, shit, it sounds bad, doesn't it? But it's one of our most commonly used aquarium terms, and one which, well, quite frankly, sends shivers down the spine of many aquarium hobbyists. And judging from the definition, it sounds like something you absolutely want to avoid having in your tank at all costs. I mean, dead organisms and fecal material is not everybody's idea of a good time, right? Literally shit in your tank accumulating. Like, why would anybody want this to linger, or worse yet, accumulate in your tank? Well... When you really think about it and brush off the initial shock value, the fact is that detritus is an important part of the aquatic ecosystem, providing fuel for microorganisms and fungi at the base of the food chain in aquatic environments. In fact, in natural aquatic ecosystems, the food inputs into the water are channeled by decomposers like fungi, which act upon leaves and other organic materials in the water to break them down. And the leaf litter community of fishes, insects, fungi, and microorganisms is really important to these systems as it assimilates terrestrial material into the aquatic ecosystem and acts to reduce the loss of nutrients to the forest, which would inevitably occur if all this material that fell into the streams over the rainy season was simply washed away downstream. Sounds all well and good and quite grandiose, but what are the implications of these processes and all that detritus for the closed aquarium ecosystem? Is there ever a situation, a place, or a circumstance where leaving the detritus in play is actually a benefit as opposed to a problem? I think so, like always. In years past, aquarists who favored sterile-looking aquaria would have been horrified to see this stuff accumulating on the bottom or among the hardscape. You know, upon discovering in our tanks, we would have taken a nanosecond to lunge for the siphon hose and get that shit out. In our world, though, the reality is that we embrace this stuff for what it is, a rich, diverse, and beneficial part of our microcosm. It provides foraging, aquatic plant mulch, supplemental food production, a place for fry to shelter, and it's a vital, fascinating part of the natural environment. That's certainly a new way of thinking when we espouse not only accepting the presence of this stuff in our aquariums, but actually encouraging it and rejoicing in our presence. But, well, why? Well, it's not because we're thinking, hey, this is an excuse for lax husbandry or dirty-looking tank. No, no, no. We rejoice because our little closed microcosms are mimicking exactly what happens in the natural environments that we strive so damn hard to replicate. Granted, in a closed system, you got to pay greater attention to water quality, but accepting decomposing leaves and botanicals as part of a living closed ecosystem is embracing the very processes that we've tried to nurture for many years in the hobby. And it all starts with the fuel for this process, leaves and botanicals. As they break down, they help enrich the aquatic habitat in which they reside. Now, in my opinion, it's important to add new leaves as the old ones decompose, especially if you like a certain tint to your water and want to keep it consistent. However, there's a more important reason to continuously add new botanical materials to the aquarium as older ones break down. It's because the aquarium, or more specifically the botanical materials which comprise the botanical method aquarium infrastructure, act as a sort of biological filter system. Now, let that sink in for a second. In other words... The botanical materials present in our systems provide enormous surface area upon which bacterial biofilms and fungal growths can colonize. These life forms utilize those organic compounds present in the aquarium as a nutritional source. It's changed everything about how I look at aquarium management and the creation of functional closed aquatic ecosystems. It's really put the word natural back in the aquarium keeping parlance for me. 
the idea of creating a multi-tiered ecosystem, which provides a lot of the requirements needed to operate successfully with just a few basic maintenance practices, the passage of time, a lot of patience and careful observation is compelling. It takes a significant mental shift to look at some of this stuff as aesthetically desirable. I get it. However, for those of you who make that mental shift, it's a quantum leap forward in your aquarium experience. It means adopting a different outlook, accepting a different yet very beautiful aesthetic. It's about listening to nature instead of the asshole on Instagram with the flashy gadget-driven tank. It's not always fun at first for some, and it initially seems like you're doing something really wrong. It's about faith. The faith in Mother Nature has been doing this stuff for eons. Mental unlocks are everywhere. The products of our experience, our acquired skills, and all these grand experiments that we do. Stuff like you know that, although initially seemingly trivial serves to move the needle of aquarium practice and shifts minds over time. It already has. You can see it. A successful botanical method aquarium need not be this complicated technical endeavor. Rather, it should rely on a balanced combination of knowledge, skill, technology, and good old judgment. Oh, and those mental shifts. Take away any one of those pieces, though, and the whole thing teeters on failure. Utilize all these things to your advantage, and you enjoy the hobby more than you ever had thought possible. Remember, your botanical method aquarium isn't dirty. It's perfect, just like nature intended it to be. Stay bold, stay grateful, stay thoughtful, stay curious, stay diligent, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.